And so today I'm, I'm talking about something very simple. I don't think there's anything that's going to be uh, too groundbreaking tonight, but I'm talking about grace and peace. And so we've titled, I've titled this message, Unconditional Grace and Unbreakable Peace, a Full Force. And we're going to be reading from Galatians 1, verses 3 through 7. If you would stand with me in reverence of God's word, and we'll hop right in. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's just in the scripture there. So, (laughs) Verse 6 says this, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. And I'll stop there. Father, thank you so much for your word tonight. God, I pray that you would, through your word, change hearts, that you would turn hearts back to you. God, that you would, by your grace, that you would do something magnificent tonight in our hearts and in our minds and our souls. God, transform us tonight. God, I pray that you would speak through me and your Holy Spirit would do its work. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And I'm going to start off with something here a little, it might be scandalous for some of us, um, and some of you may look at me differently when I say this, but about 15 months ago, I, I stopped drinking coffee. Wow, I know. There are some people that say that they don't trust people who don't drink coffee, so I'll just, I just want to make sure I put it out there. You can trust me tonight, but... <laughs> I stopped drinking coffee. Matter of fact, I stopped drinking caffeine. For, for those of you who, who knew me before then, would, would, you would know that like, I, I could not wake up without coffee. I couldn't stay awake without coffee. Like I would drink not just coffee itself, but I would have like extra shot lattes, red eyes, black eyes in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. Like it, it is what drove me. It kept me alive. And this is how I lived my life. And one day I just decided... As I was coming back from vacation last year in July, I fell asleep. We woke up at my mom's house, and, and it was a Sunday morning. I was like, well, we're on vacation, so I guess I'm not going to go to church today, but I'm going to sleep in. And as I slept in, I was too tired to actually wake up and get some coffee. So I just decided that I wasn't going to have coffee that day. And as you know, I had this massive, massive migraine and this headache, but... I decided, you know what, I am going to spend the next 21 days of my life, I'm going to break the power of coffee in my life. (laughs) That's what I decided to do, Pastor JC. And for the next four days, it was the worst four days of my life. (laughs) But when I finally woke up and regained consciousness on the fifth day, I was a new man. Like for some I mean, like, I could finally tell and understand, like, the sun meant daytime, and the moon, it meant nighttime. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's, that was the reality that I was living in. I could not decipher between day and night because I was living off of coffee, but something happened, and all of a sudden, like, I could actually, I could actually, like, like just think, and I had energy in the day, 
and I could go to bed and I could sleep at night. Like, what, what a, like, a great notion that God created that you, you wake up during the day and you sleep at night. And finally, <laughs> finally, I could experience this reality for myself. And, and I, was, I was free from coffee. And it was crazy. And even though I, I still, like, yearned for coffee and I still, like, love the smell of coffee, like, I just want to taste it. I can taste it right now. <laughs> there was something that said, you know what? Even though you, you want it, Jermaine, what you are experiencing now on the other side of not having it, it's so much better for you. And so there was something inside of me that just said, you know what? I cannot go back to the sin of Starbucks any longer. <laughs> can no longer have Dunkin' Donuts have dominion over my life could no longer be enslaved to the extra shot latte with the the little splash of oat milk. I couldn't do it anymore. I was set free from the chains of caffeine. And And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But that's some really good news. I mean, that's, that's my testimony here this morning that I'm sharing with you, and we can laugh a little bit, but I believe it is a great picture of what Paul is describing here in this passage, that the people in Galatia had heard this message, and they had been transformed, and they had been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and their lives were different, and they were living different now. But for some reason, there was, there was other people that were infiltrating their lives and they were tainting the work that God was trying to accomplish in their heart and in their lives. And they were turning back to old systems, to old ways that held them in bondage. And Paul is just trying to reiterate this message to them. And so he starts off in his greeting right at the very beginning. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. And Jesus Christ. And as I was reading it, I, was, I, I just got stopped right there. And I felt like God said, grace and peace. Just, just stop. Everyone is looking for grace and for peace. The word grace is this word. It's, it's in Greek. It's, it's charis. Did I say that right? Yes? Okay. I just want to make sure that the scholars on the front row. Pastor Corey, am I good? All right, great. I got the thumbs up. Grace. This word means favor. It means kindness. Study it even more. It means it's, it's nearness. It's, it's when someone kind of leans towards you. It's the extending of a hand. It's someone getting close to you. It's someone wrapping their arms around you. It's, it's someone saying, well done, giving you a pat on the back. That's what we're all looking for from our friends. We're looking for a thumbs up, a well done, a blessing, a reward. We're all looking for, for grace, looking for grace from our our family, from our spouses, from our kids. We're looking for blessings from our bosses. We're looking for, for grace from our friends, from our neighbors, from our coworkers. I could keep going. That's why we work so hard. That's why we do good things. That's why we share our stuff. That's why we give gifts. That's why we give things like engagement rings. That's why we give things like push gifts. And Valentine's gifts, and birthday gifts, and Mother's Day gifts, and anniversary gifts, and just because gifts, and apology roses. I just want some grace, babe. 
I mean, I'm sorry, I'm talking to you guys, right? <laughs> we, we just want grace. And all the men said amen in the house. We just want grace. We want affirmation. We want attention. We want affection. Or we just, we just want you not to leave us, right? We want a reward. We want a raise from our job. We, wanna, we want just someone to say you're doing a good job. We want grace. But it's mostly conditional, right? And that's why many times we find ourselves overextending our time, overextending our energy, overextending our resources to someone or something, mishandling our mind, our body, our soul, because we just want someone at some point just to say, man, add a boy, add a girl. I just want some grace. And that temporarily quenches our desire for grace, even if that someone or something is sabotaging our soul. We may find ourselves competing to climb the corporate ladder because the bosses provide blessings and gives us bonuses, but then we go home, and home is filled with hate, not a lot of joy, we're falling out with our family, and so we spend more time at home, we spend more time on the job than we do at the house, because at the job, we're just getting grace. It's really quiet in here right now. Our search for grace will have us hanging out. We'll have someone hanging out with someone who's hurting them more than they are helping them. We will stick ourselves and stay in hostile relationships. This is a reason why sometimes you may, you may find someone who, who is yoking themselves to someone they shouldn't be yoking themselves with just because this person is giving them a little grace. Some people will stay in a home with someone who will never be their husband. But they're just getting grace. We're all searching for grace, looking for grace. To some degree, we're, we're all looking for peace as well. And peace is this word that's, that's more than just freedom from chaos, more than just this uh, like monastic type of, of tranquility and, and quietness that we're all looking for, even though those things are really, really good. This word used here is talking about wholeness. It's talking about completeness. It's talking about fullness and satisfaction, being fully satisfied. Have you ever heard someone use the phrase? The phrase is like, it goes like this, I just don't have peace about it. You ever heard anybody say that before? I said that last week. And what, what does that mean? It, it, it means that there's, there's something that like, is just not sitting right in your soul about what you're facing. And you're not satisfied with all the possible outcomes. It's like you're in the middle of a, of a Marvel movie and you're, um, you're the, what's the, what's the professor with his, uh, the doctor? Doctor Strange, right? And Doctor Strange is doing all the weird things and he's looking at all the possible outcomes. And you don't see any available one that's going to work for you. All of the possible outcomes seem to be broken to some way and you don't have peace about what you're facing. And when we lack peace... What we're, what we're really saying is we're lacking wholeness and completeness, and we're coming face-to-face with, with brokenness in that moment. And if we're being honest, we're all lacking some peace in some area of our life. 
And so what I'm really saying at some level is that we're all broken. All right? Amen to that. No amens to that, right? And I'll, and I'll readily admit it. I am broken. I'm a broken man. I am lacking peace right now as I stand here on this stage. But, you know, I was thinking about this the other day as I was, um, I finally, um, this is a little short story, but I finally got a brand new TV the other day. Just before the football season started. No coincidence, right? I heard that. I'm really, really excited, man, about this, this new TV that I got. And because um, I've been, I've been talking about getting one for a long, long time. I've just been waiting and waiting patiently. You remember, right? So I finally got one. And so I finally got my TV, and it's, and it's sitting right here. And I sat down, and I sat down at my, TV, at my TV for the first time on my little recliner there. And I was like, man, you know what? This TV is awesome. But you know what we really need now? <laughs> I, need, I need a new sound system for this TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Man, I was thinking, man, once I get this sound system, man, I should probably get, like, some new seating, right? Maybe, maybe, I, maybe some theater seating, right, babe? You know, something like that. Maybe some LED lighting, you know what I'm saying, around it. Maybe I'll just do some extra stuff like that. You know, that, that would be awesome. And then I was thinking, you know what? What I really need is, is time to watch TV. <laughs> I was like, that would be great. I got a new TV with no time to watch it. That's crazy. But I was thinking to myself in my heart, man, man, if I, if, I, if I finally get this time, man, by the time I actually get time to sit down and really watch this TV, it'll probably be a few years from now, and this TV will be outdated, and I will need to upgrade my TV. <laughs> but it's, and what that really revealed to me is that, man, there's just like this, this never-ending type of hunt for peace, for wholeness, for completion, for satisfaction. And the question is like, man, when will I finally get it? Maybe the next promotion will bring me some peace. Maybe it's the next relationship that will bring me some peace. Maybe if I make more money, it will bring me some peace. Maybe if I get a new car or if I get a new home, Maybe if my spouse gets their act together, not my spouse, I'm just saying it's just a theoretical, like, what if my spouse gets their act together? Maybe I'll get some peace. Maybe if my kids stop acting so crazy, and that's true, I'm acting like my kids are crazy. <laughs> Maybe if they stop acting so crazy, I'll get some peace. Or if I just go on vacation, maybe I'll go on vacation. You know, maybe with the family, maybe possibly without the family, just by myself, maybe then I'll get some peace. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? We all want peace, man. We are hunting for it. And it's, it's elusive, man. It is like, it's like a winning season for the Washington Commanders, right? It is seeming, seemingly in reach, but never in grasp. Well, <laughs> I'm a Commanders fan, life, lifelong fan, right? HTTR, that's been me from day one. So, like, I believe. I'm just saying it's getting harder to believe. I believe this is a year, though. This is the year. Yeah. But everyone is looking for grace and everyone's looking for peace and searching for it in so many ways, only to find that the grace and peace, the grace and peace that we're receiving and that we're getting and searching for is solely based on our ability to perform, to get it. And if it's based on our ability to perform, to get it, then it's going to be based on our ability to perform, to keep it. And if we get it, if we finally get it and we get the taste of it, 
man, it feels like the next life circumstance comes our way and removes the grace, removes the peace, and we still find ourselves trying to attain it, trying to get it. And I feel like the, the, the truth here is that we're trying to feel the need for grace and peace typically in the material, in things, but in reality, this is a spiritual need. What we really desire is, is favor and approval from God and a whole relationship with him. But sin, because of what Adam and Eve have done, did in the garden, they have, have, because of their disobedience and their rebellion and their desire to be their own God, they have created this separation between us and God. So we really have no ability to attain this grace and to get this favor from God and to get this peace from him apart from ourselves. So we're searching for it, for the fulfillment of it in so many other ways, so many other things. And most of the time, it's, it's and I'll just say this for myself, it is, it, for me, it has, it has become like transactional relationships. Transactional relationship with other people, transactional relationship with, with uh, God's created order, transactional relationship with, with God. Man, if I can just do more, if I can just do something, God will, 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 will shower down his favor upon my life. And transactional relationships typically... Not all the time, but for me in my life has really just created toxicity. <laughs> and that's biblical. I mean, you can go, you can, I mean, I don't have a lot of time, but if you can just go, you can look at the, like the first um, Adam and Eve, they sin. But what do you see immediately with their first two sons, Cain and Abel? There's, there's Cain who, who, who has this... Um, this desire for approval from God, really, as you study Cain and Abel in that encounter. But he's not getting it from God. And so because there's this, this lack of grace and there's this broken relationship between him and God, you see him turn towards his brother and he's taking out his anger and his angst towards him. And so there's this transactional relationship that he has with his brother. There's this transgression that he, that he performs in the moment. And then all of a sudden you see him, instead of coming towards God, goes towards his brother. And really this is a tragic moment. And this is probably on the extreme end of what I'm talking about here. But then he murders his brother because he doesn't have grace. He doesn't have peace. And all he has is this transactional relationship between him and God. And it's broken. But if you want to know true grace, you want to experience real peace, there's only one grace that's not dependent on our performance or who we are as a person or how good we are. There's only really one peace that's designed to satisfy the longing in our souls and mend the brokenness in our relationship between us and God. And that is the grace and peace that God offers from himself and himself alone. And that's the message, that's the gospel message that Paul is preaching here. That is the good news message that Paul has preached to this church in Galatia, to all the churches in Galatia. If you go back and you read Acts chapter 13, you see Paul's first, first gospel message that's recorded in the Bible. And he is preaching, he's in Galatia. And he is preaching, so you can see the recorded history of how Paul is preaching about God's grace and God's mercy. And he's just calling them back to this gospel message and reminding them of this grace that, that has called them into this new life. 
And he goes, I'm just going to read it again. He says, grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so how do we get this unconditional, this unmerited, this unbelievable grace of God and his eternal peace? We get it from God the Father, and we get it through Jesus Christ and his life and death and his resurrection. This is how we get it. This is what Paul is trying to reiterate, that this grace and peace that God gives us is not because of us, but it is in spite of us. And the grace and peace that God gives us is all about Jesus. It is from God. It is from Jesus. It is through Jesus. It is with Jesus. It is in Jesus. It's because of Jesus. It is Jesus. And that's the really good news. That's the really good news. Because if it was based on, if it were based on us, then we'd still be searching for it. We'd still be seeking it. And we still wouldn't have it because we, we are Romans 3.23, right? Every, you, guys, you guys know this passage. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. No one is, is immune to the sickness of sin and our condition. And God has this holy standard, and we fall way, way, way short. And there's this huge gap that we cannot close on our own. So what does God do? According to his own will, according to his own love, John 3, 16, he sends his one and only son. And this is the gospel message, that you can just believe in what he has done. that you can have eternal life, that you can have eternal life. And I just, I just feel like I'm just going to just stay here for a moment for, for someone in the room or for someone who is listening either right now or someone who might be listening later, that this message of grace, this message of Jesus, like God is, God is really just calling you on it. And you've been running and saying, man, maybe if I just wait until I get my act together, Maybe once I, I, just, I just, you know, stop doing this, this one thing or, you know, maybe if I start serving first or I, I do something different here, maybe then God will, you know, I can come to God. Maybe then I can start maybe serving in the church. Maybe then I can really start going after God in a different way. But I just wanted to just say this is not about you anyway. <laughs> it's about Jesus and his grace it's not about who you are. I, um, we're just going to keep moving on. <laughs> we'll keep moving on. In, in this passage, there's a shift. You know, when you go from the greeting and you go to this first part where Paul begins to, to really kind of just deal with the situation at hand, the whole purpose of the book of Galatians is for Paul to deal with this, this main issue here. That people are infiltrating the church and causing people to turn back from the gospel, from the grace that God had called them from in the first place. And he says, you can, you can hear the passion of Paul in this passage. You can, you can hear his heart towards his people. He goes, man, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Listen, Paul is dumbfounded 
Paul is like, man, he is, he is frustrated. But I just want to kind of paint the picture here because Paul has spent a lot of time with these people in Galatia. And Paul, Paul in his time there, he, he, he preached his, basically one of his first messages that we have recorded. And we, can, we can see his heart towards the people. Paul has healed people in that space. He's spent a lot of time. Paul has been stoned in this, in the, in this area to preach the gospel to change the lives of the people around here. Paul's son in the Lord, Timothy, is from Galatia. Like you think he he has community and people that he has a heart. He is passionate about these people and their lives. It's like your pastor's here. And he's just just talking here at the moment. He He just, I feel like Paul is just saying, somebody make it make sense, please, for me. Like you have grown up in this, in this system of rules and rituals and ceremonies and tradition and circumcision and all of these things, and it has never worked out for you. It's just been a burden on your life. It's just been a bondage for your life. You haven't grown in your faith. You haven't grown in your relationship with God through this way. And now you know Jesus. You have this relationship with Jesus. You understand his grace. And for some reason, I just can't understand how you would turn back to this bondage. I just can't understand how you would just forget everything that you've been taught and just turn back to this thing that never worked out, you, never worked out for you in the past. Paul says this message that you're listening to, it's not really a... It's not really a, a gospel message. He says it's not the gospel at all. It's not good news at all. It's just a, a message. It's a perversion of the gospel. So we're reading this, and I'm reading this, for the, and I'm just like, man, I can't, un- I can't understand why these people would turn, turn from this grace. And then I got hit with, with God's revelation. <laughs> it says in reality, you know, we, we do this all the time. We do it all the time. There's always something or someone, and this is, I mean, this is for me right now. I mean, I feel like God is just like hammering me in my heart as I'm preaching to you guys. But like, there's always someone or something that says, hey, look, smash that like button, right? Subscribe to this channel. Follow me. If you want more updates, like, like if, you, if you want your life to be better, if you want your life to look a little different, if you want your life to look like everybody else around you, if you want to gain more favor from God, if you want to, if you want to just, as I'm just speaking from the heart, right? So, so forgive me if this hurts someone. But I feel like sometimes we, we can be deceived in, in, in some way. We follow things on, on social media and, and we follow the news and things like that. But I, I feel like in, in, our, in our Christian world, there's this, like, you have to follow a certain political party to be a real Christian. And I'm not, and I'm not saying one way or the other here. I'm not making any statements, but this is the reality. If we were to kind of, kind of have a real-life application of what, what Paul is trying to address in our Christian world today, but, like, that's, that's the reality. But, but just, like, follow this way. And this will make you, this will mark you as a true Christian. 
Dress this way, and this will mark you as a true Christian. You'll get more favor from God if you do this. Like if you serve enough, if you do enough in church, this will give you more favor from God, that you will get the rewards that you need, that you will get grace and you will get peace in your relationship with God if you were to do all of these things. And I just feel like sometimes when our, our very search for grace and peace that we're looking for ends up being the very thing that pulls us away from the true peace and the true grace that God offers us. Here's the, here's the good news today, though. The same unconditional and unending, the un- unconditional grace and unending peace that God offered through Jesus Christ in his life, death, and resurrection to these people in Galatia is the same grace and peace that God offers to us today. It's available today. And how this fits into being built different is this, is that God's grace, God's grace that he offers us, this amazing grace, it's not just a power that God extends towards us on our day of salvation, but it is a power that God extends towards us each and every day so that we can live the life that God has called us to live. Ephesians 2 and 4 reads like this. It says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Listen, it is by grace that we have been saved. It is by grace that we have been raised. Grace does more than just open the door to the house of God, but grace actually gives us a seat at the table with God. It changes our identity. It changes who we are. It says you are a son of God, that you are a daughter of God. This is what grace does for us as a believer. It changes everything about us. Titus 2, 11 and 12 says this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to unrighteousness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Listen, grace saves us, but grace also sanctifies us, right? Grace, grace allows us and gives us the ability to say no to the things that we in the past could never say no to to our sin addictions that we can never say no to. But the grace of God gives us the ability to push those old things away. Say, I'm a different person now. Hebrews 13, 8 and 9 says this, says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be attracted to strange and new ideas. Listen, your strength comes from God's grace. Not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. You hear that? Those that follow them aren't being helped. So why would you follow the things that aren't helping those people? But grace is our source of strength. Grace is our source of salvation. It is our source of identity. It is our source for sanctification. It is our source of strength. Gives us strength when we need it. 
And listen, the same word that God uses, charis, that he uses for grace, it's the same word that he uses for gifts. That's what it means when we look at 1 Corinthians 12 and it talks about spiritual gifts. He uses the same word. So what am I saying? Source of sanctification, source of strength. It's also our source of power. The power that we need, family, too. The power that we need to be able to preach this word. We get from the grace of God. It's a gift. The power that we need to, to minister and evangelize, to minister to our families, the power that we need to be able to, to, to pray in the spirit, to prophesy, to cast out demons, right, to heal the sick. I mean, that is the grace that God offers you, the believer today, that you can be clothed with power from on high, that you can stand in the face of the enemy and know that you have been clothed with something much stronger than you, that you have the grace. God gives you grace to overcome and grace to help other people overcome. I could keep going, but I think you guys get the point. There's the the peace that God offers. There's tons of scriptures. I'm I'm just going to spare you those. I'm just going to say this. The, The peace of God gives you access to God, freedom from constant condemnation, hope in a secure eternity, rest in his presence, Joy in his presence, satisfaction in his presence, release of burdens, refuge, contentment in any circumstance. That's the peace that God offers you as a believer. We are built different, family, because we don't have to search for favor like the world. We are built different family because we don't have to find our satisfaction in other things like the world. We don't have to go find favor because we have been favored by God. We don't have to try to find satisfaction. We have been fulfilled by God himself, by his grace and by his peace. As I close, one of my, one of my favorite passages of scripture is, um, in James chapter 4, and it says very simply, James chapter 4, verse 6, it starts off like this, but he gives more grace. I'll say that one more time. But he gives more grace. So listen, I, I don't know where many of you are right now in your walk with God. I just know when I read this passage for myself, I said, hallelujah, God, give me more of your grace. Right? And the only, the only thing that will prevent us as believers from receiving the grace of God is our own pride that says, you know what, I, I, I don't need it or or maybe I, I just need to get myself better before I actually try to go get the grace from God. But hear me today, believer. You know, in Galatians 5, it says, don't allow yourself to be, to be yoked 
again to this burden of slavery, it says in chapter 5. You've, you've been set free. But it still doesn't mean that like, life circumstances aren't tough. Life circumstances aren't hard. They are. And through those, what God offers you, the believer, that the world doesn't have, is that he offers you grace. And if you're going through a situation in your family, God says, I have more grace for you. If, if you need healing in your body, God says, I, I have some grace for you. Right? If you need some hope for a desperate situation, God says, I have some grace for you. I have more grace. You can't use it up. You can't, you can't like overuse it. God doesn't run out of grace. God has more grace for you. And if you are an unbeliever here today, God's grace is available to you. That's the gospel message. Like, there's nothing you can do to earn God's grace. Yes, our sin, our sinful lifestyle, our disobedience toward God separates us from him. But, but God gives more grace. And that's available to you as well. Like today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart to the fact that God says, I have some grace for you that you can come and you can approach me, that I, I offer peace for you that maybe you, you've never had between me and you, but God says, I have it for you today. And it's going to change the trajectory of your life. So as we close, I, I just want to pray. If there's anyone here in this, in this space that is hearing this message that, that doesn't yet believe although it may be rare in a space like this, but doesn't fully believe in this God, in this Jesus. And you've been towing the line a little bit. You've been running from God just a little bit. But you came here tonight saying, maybe if I just hear something from God, maybe today's the day. I don't know. I mean, you're hearing this message today and you're, you're hearing that God says he has grace for you. Grace that changes your life. Not only that, the grace that he has for you that gives you purpose, gives you hope, gives you joy, gives you peace. If that's you today and you want you want to know this grace. You want to know this peace. Would you raise your hand? And I see that hand once it's up. You can put it down. I see the other. You can, you can put it down once it's up. Pray this prayer with me. God, I thank you for your, your grace today. Today, I, I choose to believe in your son, Jesus who came down to earth fully God but fully man to live the life that I should have lived but couldn't and he died the death that I deserved and he got up from the third day on the third day so on a day like today through my belief in what he has done 
as I choose to repent and turn from my ways of sin towards him, that he, can, he saves me and he forgives me. God, we thank you for your, your grace. If you're a believer here in this space and you just need more grace, you're going through some stuff. Maybe there's something going on in your home. Maybe there's something in your marriage. Maybe there's something with your kids or your finances or whatever it is. If that's you, just lift your hands here. Again, I would expect a full room of hands, which, which we have. And I just want to pray. God, I thank you that you give more grace. As these hands are up, in humility, in surrender, saying, God, I just, we just, I just need more of you in this situation. I just need more of your presence in this situation. I just need more of your strength. I just need more of your power. I just need more of your hope. God, I just pray right now that you and your spirit would come and you would provide it and you would give grace for everyone in their situation. That you would pour out your spirit upon them that they would know it intimately today. Deep down in their heart, that they would experience you tangibly, your presence right now. And God, you would whisper how much you love them. Whisper right into their ears. That you would cover them with your, your, your love and your grace and your mercy. And I pray, God, that you would draw near in this moment as they're drawing near to you. More grace. More grace, God. More grace and more peace. And I thank you, Father, for everyone else here. And I thank you, God, that we can be thankful as your sons and daughters, that we are built different, and that we have your grace and your peace in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, family.